brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved, Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Listeners, this minisode heavily discusses suicide and depression. If you are suffering from thoughts of suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. This lifeline provides 24-7 free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention, and crisis resources for you or your loved ones, and best practices for professionals. Please take care of yourselves. If this topic could potentially hurt your mental health, please reconsider listening. All information shared in this episode is based on a recently filed lawsuit against Truman State University, the fraternity Alpha Kappa Lambda, and Brandon Grossheim. This suit has not yet been resolved, and as of August 8, 2019, no criminal charges have been filed. All information in this episode, of course, is alleged. Thank you. This is Capable, Minisode 4, Kirksville Suicides. Truman State University is a public liberal arts and sciences university located in Kirksville, Missouri. It is home to the fraternity Alpha Kappa Lambda, which was founded in 1953. Its mission statement says, We pride ourselves on emphasizing Judeo-Christian principles, leadership, scholarship, loyalty, and self-support. We are a united brotherhood brought together by the common goal of bettering ourselves and the world. Over the course of 2016 through 2017, 
Their common goal was halted by five suicides that were committed by people all associated with the fraternity. Three of the suicides were committed by members of Truman State University and the Alpha Kappa Lambda. Their names were Alex Mullins, Joshua Thomas, and Jacob Hughes. The other two suicides associated with the fraternity were committed by local residents of Kirksville, who were friends with a member of the fraternity. Their names are not currently available. However, they are referred to as John Doe and Jane Doe, one man and one woman. Alex Mullins died by hanging the morning of August 7, 2016. One of his roommates, Steve Sherman, called the police that morning because Alex's door was locked and he was not answering. Steve took these drastic measures because Alex had told everyone that year that he was very depressed and suicidal. He said he didn't know why he was depressed, but he couldn't help it. He'd had issues with depression his whole life, but they started getting worse around February of that year. He was plagued by nightmares and angry moods and sought out medical help. But a few months later, in June, he started missing his scheduled counseling appointments through the university. When the police arrived that morning, they spoke with the fraternity house manager, Brandon Grossheim. He held the keys to the bedrooms in the house. He told Steve and the police that despite this fact, he could not get the door open. He led the police outside and removed the screen from Alex's window and crawled in. According to the cops, he did all of this without waiting for them, and he approached Alex's body before they could tell him to stand back. So, Grossheim moved Alex's body, trying to pick him up as he hung in the room. According to Grossheim, he was just trying to help him. He got the door open from that side without any difficulty, casting suspicions about his claims of not being able to open it from the other side when he was asked. The fraternity was also aware that, like Alex, their fraternity brother, Jacob Hughes, also struggled with depression and anxiety. Five members of the fraternity reported to the university that Hughes was struggling as well. On August 26, nearly two weeks after Alex's death, Jake was making suicide statements during a party that was being held at the fraternity house. As the house manager, Grossheim was asked by other members of the fraternity to watch him for his safety. Later that evening at the party, Jacob was seen crying in the parking lot of the house. Jacob took his life the next day, on August 27th, the same as Alex Mullins, by hanging. Grossheim was the one to find his body. 
He said that he tried opening the door to Jacob's room that morning, but it was locked. So he retrieved his key and entered it. He said he saw him hanging and tried to pick him up the same as he'd done with Alex, and then claimed to try to perform CPR, but he was too late. Jacob also had blood on his face, chest, and forearm, as well as a head injury that he did not have the night before. It was reported to the university and the police shortly after Jacob's death that Grossheim was seen with large amounts of cash and drugs that he believed to be missing from Jacob's and Alex's room after their deaths. He began wearing Jacob's clothes and, to the shock of everyone else, began dating Jacob's girlfriend a little time later. After that, Grossheim moved out of the fraternity, but he did not leave the university, nor was he kicked out after the members of Alpha Kappa Lambda reported his behavior to the school and the police. He moved into an apartment building and lived across the hall from the unnamed John Doe. They were friends and co-workers, and now they were neighbors. His job just happened to be in the same building he was now living at, as a building manager. He had access to keys to all the apartments. Some members of the fraternity were also friends with John Doe, and were all aware that he had also had issues with depression. He was diagnosed as bipolar and had attempted a suicide in the past, something quite a few of them already knew. He'd made some suicidal statements back in 2014. The police had been called and he went and spent some time at a psychiatric facility. He attempted suicide again in November of 2016, but survived. Then, on January 28th, he attempted again and died, having hung himself in his loft. His girlfriend woke up and found him. She told Grossheim, who was there when police arrived with keys to his apartment, ready to open the door for them. While the police were investigating the scene, Grossheim asked them if he could see the body. He also stated that he saw him the night before on January 27th. As the investigation into John Doe's death progressed, Grossheim's own family members called Truman University's Counseling Services, requesting all the information they had on Grossheim's connections to the suicide, but he would not allow them to speak with his family. Alpha Kappa Lambda fraternity member Joshua Thomas was living in on-campus housing but was not living in the fraternity house. And like the other two men, that had committed suicide, it was common knowledge among his fraternity brothers that he also suffered from depression and that he had been receiving professional counseling and mental health treatment through the school. His fraternity brothers reported that Josh was openly gay and that some of the members in the house had issues with his sexual orientation, 
which was likely the reason he was a member not living there. It was also common knowledge among fraternity members that Josh had personal conflicts with fellow fraternity member Steve Powers during this time. Powers stated that he and Josh had different lifestyles and they did not get along. Powers also stated that he received a text from Josh in mid-March 2017. It stated, You're the reason I want to kill myself. As a result of that text, the two got into a physical altercation where Powers punched Josh. During the week of March 13th through the 17th, Josh spent spring break in South Padre Island with many of his fraternity brothers and other friends from the university. During that week, Josh was extremely depressed, and he openly attempted suicide by hanging in front of numerous other friends, students, and fellow fraternity members. Fraternity brother Seth Basket also reported that Josh had confided in him during spring break that he had been experiencing stress about fitting into the heterosexual environment at Alpha Kappa Lambda. Another member of the fraternity, Joel Brumfeld, also reported that Josh had confided in him during spring break that he had been under a lot of stress. Then, one night during spring break, Josh was found passed out with a belt around his neck. The two reported the belt incident to the entire fraternity. After returning from spring break, Josh told everyone in the fraternity that he needed extra help and support after the spring break suicide attempt. No one at the university or in the fraternity took any extra action to intervene after this. No one informed Josh's parents or other loved ones. On the night of April 5th, 2017, Josh went to a rock concert in St. Louis. He arrived at the fraternity house at approximately 2.30 a.m. and said he was going to study. At approximately 4 a.m. April 6th, the girlfriend of one of the members found a handwritten note on a napkin that had been slipped under her boyfriend's door. The note said, smoke a bowl for me, and was signed Josh. There was $48 in cash attached to the note. She and her boyfriend went downstairs in the house, and they began to look around the building for Josh. While looking for him, they found an open laptop computer in the house library. The laptop was playing music, and there was a note handwritten onto the napkin and pink highlighter laying on top of the open computer that said, Read me. There was an essay that had been typed into the computer. The essay was a long suicide note and appeared to have been written by Josh. At the end of the essay, it said, I can't do it. It won. The essay was last modified at 4.12 a.m. They then found his dead body 
hanging from a dog leash in the storage closet of the house. Another handwritten note was found in the storage closet near his body with Brandon Grossheim's name and contact information on it. After Josh's death, police visited Grossheim at his off-campus apartment to ask him questions. Police were accompanied this time by Nicole Sammons, a mental health counselor at Mark Twain Behavioral Health. She talked Grossheim directly. He told her that he was a friend of Josh's. He was very curious about the details of Thomas's death and questioned the police about this. But the police were concerned, and they did not divulge any additional information to him. These four men were all directly connected to Grossheim. They all killed themselves in the same manner, hanging, and he had access to their rooms by holding their keys as a part of his responsibilities, and they were all living in very close proximity to him when they took their own lives. The fifth death was Jane Doe, though the exact cause of death has not been released. It is claimed she also killed herself. She was also a close friend of Grossheim's, and he said that he was indeed the last person to see her alive. Police interviewed him about her death as well, and a computer voice stress analyzer known to authorities as CVSA detected deceptions in his statement to the police about her death. Her death is still under police investigation. In late July 2019, Brandon Grossheim, the fraternity, and the Truman State University were served with a lawsuit. The parents of Alex Mullins and Josh Thomas were the ones to compile the lawsuit, wanting to see some sort of justice brought for the deaths of their sons and the three other people connected to Brandon Grossheim. Grossheim labeled himself as a peacekeeper and a superhero. He reported that he was drawn to people with depression and gave themselves step-by-step instructions on how to deal with mental illness and, quote, do their own free will. People that know Grossheim came out and said that he was obsessed with death. The lawsuit alleges that in this statement, he was saying that he was giving the victims step-by-step guides on how to take their own lives. They claim that the fraternity and the university were negligent for allowing a suspicious fraternity brother to be alone and have unfettered access to the victims. The university released a statement saying they strongly disagree and it will become clear that they are not responsible for the deaths of the students. 
the fraternity released a similar statement after saying, Our sympathy continues for the family and friends of our lost brothers of the 11th chapter of the Alpha Kappa Lambda. The death of these young men during the 2016-2017 school year greatly impacted the 11th chapter and the surrounding community. Like Truman State University, the fraternity of Alpha Kappa Lambda Incorporated, the national fraternity, strongly disagrees with the allegations in the lawsuit to the extent those allegations are directed against it and will vigorously defend the lawsuit. The family's attorney, Nicole Gorofsky, said that Grossheim could be charged under Missouri's voluntary manslaughter law, which prohibits someone from assisting another person in committing suicide. This situation has been swept under the rug, she said. The university held a short symposium on suicide, and the fraternity seemingly shrugged their shoulders, and everyone went away quietly. But no one told the public, parents, or students on campus about the psychological manipulation that had been involved, that a fellow student and fraternity brother was a danger. As this case and lawsuit unfolds, please continue to follow Capable for updates and information. This episode of Capable was written, edited, and produced by me, Laura Davis. Resources used for this episode can be found at capablepod.podbean.com. If you wish to support the podcast, you can visit my Patreon at capable.patreon.com. And you can come find me on Twitter at Capable Podcast, where I can answer your questions and take suggestions for cases to cover in future episodes. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.